Welcome, lizard folk and gnomes, bugbears and bards, <laughs> to Rated RPG, the actual play show slash podcast where we play Dungeons and Dragons, Baldur's Gate, Descent into Avernus. All right, guys. Um, what do you want to do? You've killed this lady who has just taken a bath, cut her leg shaving and then cut I want to guys. search this bloody tub and find treasures. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> All right. I will search her in a very inappropriate manner. Okay, well, um she was wearing nothing at all. Uh she had a rusty dagger and that is it. That's all you find in the whole room. That is not feel fair. <laughs> <laughs> Do I... Check this sarcophagus for a false bottom. <laughs> it worked in another room. There's those other two doors, but I'm not necessarily in fighting mood still. Yeah. But... We need a long rest. We do. Oh, yes. I hate to say it, but I think you guys do. All right, let's take a long rest here. As long as I get four hours uh, to do my trance. Oops. Wait, did we do a? Didn't we do a short rest, like a four-hour rest, in the other four hours? Did we do a four-hour? Well, there's only an hour-long rest or an eight-hour-long rest. I know, but I can trance, and in four hours, I get what humans get in eight. So I didn't know if we took the extra time for me. Oh, okay. Well, you can still. I mean, I still need the eight hours. Yeah, and but you. I don't. you you can only do a long rest, whether it's four hours or eight hours, whatever. You can only do one of those every 24 hours. Right. Um, okay. That's why I didn't then. Yeah, that's yeah. why we couldn't last them. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Is there just this one door? You guys have discovered two doors. There's in this room, there's nothing, right? Door. Like, we could block the door up, potentially, and, like, use this room as a... I want to look for a lot. secret door in here. I have a feeling maybe she didn't, like, walk around and her clothes aren't in here, are they? You know, it, it would make sense that her clothes would be somewhere around here. Um, but uh, you do... I, I like that idea. Um, go and roll an insight check. Roll an insight check. Okay. I also have one to secrets, so... Okay. There you go. Nice, nice. 24. All right, well, Jason, you uh, as a player kind of have thought of this, uh, it seems like. But uh, Coslo, you actually um, get this uh, real, real strong sense that uh, there must have been something that you missed uh, because uh, just the, the position that that guard was in and like uh, it seems like there's probably some sort of secret door around the area, whether it's in this room or, you know, back a little ways. You're not really sure, but you, you feel like you should be checking walls and stuff. We should be checking walls. All right. Okay. I have a feeling about it. <laughs> Let me use my wand of secrets. That'll speed things up. Oh. How many times can you use the wand? Twice a day. And what's the radius uh, of its detection? Six miles. <laughs> 30 feet. 30 feet? Okay. So you should, in my opinion, stand in a position where you're within 30 feet of the most walls. <laughs> yeah, like right around in the middle of this room, right? Well, well no, like out in the hallway. Cause, because I don't think maybe in this room, but, you know, maybe secret door outside where the where we wrestled that man for an hour. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's really what it was? Back by that <laughs> rubble. All right, Kozlo, you show me the place you think I should use it. Yeah, I think you should go I bow to here. your superior wisdom in these matters. Well, like here, maybe. You look, see, bloop. Do you see Very the pen? good. There I am. All right, so, Dababi, you walk out holding your magical wand that you made yourself, uh, and uh, you activate it, um, and it begins to sort of, like, rumble in your hand like one of those old-school rumble packs. Uh, and mm -hmm. you can feel it sort of like taking over, uh, and it just points, it moves your arms in this direction over here. Hey guys, I think I got something. Come over here. On the way. Dum -da -dum -da -dum -dum -dum. Hopefully it won't be another naked woman bathing in blood who kills all of us. <laughs> <laughs> As you move, uh, 
over that way. The wand uh, continues to point, um, and it, it is definitely pointing right here at this wall. Aha. Hey, there it is. You need to come check this out. Uh, I'm, I'm, as soon as my screen uh, catches up with you, I will. Yeah, it looks fine up until we started moving again, and then it, uh, yeah. Yeah, Roll20 is, uh, especially I feel like lately with the amount that people have been using it, um, yeah. it's been struggling a bit. Their servers must be strained. Oh, well, I should sense. say Shane O'Mac sent us 100 bits and says, watching my favorite people on the internet play my favorite game makes today so much better. <laughs> Thanks, Shane. Oh. That's you almost, you almost watched us uh, die instantly and be done with <laughs> the game. But people have been watching that almost every episode. It always comes down to one damn roll, it seems like. Yeah. Your uh, death just, is our brand. Can, can, can I just go to sleep and wake up when I'm third level? <laughs> <laughs> Not, not only not only was I zero help in that encounter, I was like negative help <laughs> because the only thing I did was was roll ball bearings that made people fall down in their own party. <laughs> yeah, that uh, that didn't turn out to be a great move after all. No, I think if we if we find this secret door and figure out that it's a secret door or whatever it is. I think maybe we should go back to that room with the sarcophagus where that we yeah. put that, uh, was it a dragon board? No, a tiefling woman. Put that, mm-hmm. get that, go back to that room and maybe heal her, stay, but she's stabilized and stay in there and hole up in there, I think. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. Do our, do our long rest in there. As much as I don't want to, you know, do that. I don't know if we have much of a choice. I've got six hit points left. Yeah, knowing that you guys are so low on spell slots and you're out of bardic inspiration and all that kind of stuff, you guys, I mean, if I were you, I would do a long rest too. Let's long rest yeah. up, guys. Definitely. And then let's do do what the GM suggested before, and that's uh, try to kill people. <laughs> yeah. Right. Oh, yeah. So we'll go through the secret door later. <laughs> I know, I know. It sounded like I was just saying something really obvious, but well, do you know what I'm trying were, to say? Like uh, there were things that we did in lieu of attacking. Exactly. Like uh, almost always, attacking is is priority number one. Uh, in my experience, at least. But, but um, if you can do things that can make you continue attacking, that's the thing. We got off to a bad. Some of us got off to a bumpy start. Yeah, it's always it's always a tough choice. You you weigh because you really what it comes down to is what's considered action economy or called action economy, which is you guys only have a certain amount of actions all added up together. And if the amount of actions that you take, like there's there needs to be a good amount of offense that comes out of that. If there's too many mm-hmm. people taking like defensive actions or actions that don't really result in enemies being killed, then their actions are that are killing you will outnumber your actions that are killing them. You know what I'm saying? Right. What, they're not, they're going to try to kill us because they're not going to be playing next time. They're exactly. going to be dead. Mm-hmm. So they're just going to use them all up. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All right. Um, so you guys sounds like you're going to try and go oh, do a long rest in that room. So I'm going to uh, move you guys over there. And we, we found the secret door, right? You do. You do. You find uh, a little cleverly disguised uh, lever. Um, and you pretty sure, unless you guys really want to test it out, but you're pretty sure that it's a secret door over there. Cool. Can't wait to investigate it after I've gotten some rest. Yeah. Okay. Um, so they have moved over to this room that they discovered earlier. And you guys barricade it. And you wait the 12 hours or however long you need to wait in order for the long rest timer to be reset. And it seems like you guys have cleared this place for the most part out. Um, you set up a watch rotation and you kind of wait and you, you listen at the door and you do not hear much movement out in the hallway. Um, what you guys do here is as you pass by this door, 
Um, mm-hmm. You heard some like some groaning and shuffling coming from out yeah. uh, the other side of that door, and that hasn't stopped. You still keep hearing that. It was it's some really tired card players. <laughs> <laughs> They're on a heater. <laughs> All right, so you guys can do your long rest, um, heal the full, get all your spell slots back, all that good shit. Uh, and you level up to level three. Oh, oh shit. It worked. I went to sleep and woke up as level three. Because <laughs> you guys have definitely, definitely gotten enough experience to get to level three after fighting oh, all those God. bitches. Oh, man. Uh, Thank God. I want to do my, my, because I can do my little sleep and rest. I can do that in four hours. And then at some point, I want to get my flute out and just play a nice, soft, very, very soft so that only we can hear it. I'm going to play a nice little flute uh, song, sonnet for the, for the tiefling woman. A nice healing song that I learned about hickory trees. <laughs> I call it Hickory Tree in the Moonlight. It might make you feel randy. <laughs> All right. Well, the great news for me, and this is why I was so excited to go to third level, is that now I have um, a new thing, everybody. Should I tell them all what it is, Emery? Yeah. Actually, I really want to have everybody talk about the new things they got at level three. That'd be pretty sweet. Okay. So um, there is this uh, experimental um, thing from Wizards of the... Well, yeah. Wizard of, Wizards of the Coast is testing it out, right? Mm-hmm. Um, it's playtest material. It's called the Armorer. So an artificer who's third level can uh, become an armorer who specializes um, in making armor that functions like a second skin. The armor is enhanced to hone the artificer's magic, unleash attacks, and generate a formidable defense. The artificer bonds with this armor, becoming one with it, even as they experiment with it, and refines refine its magical capabilities. Now, the problem is I don't think I actually have any armor to do this with right now, do I? Um, do you, I mean, can I do can I use my current armor? Because I let me check this. Anyway, that's the basics of uh, what it is, and I'll look into whether I can make my yeah, current armor do that. You're wearing scale mail, so you can you can choose your scale mail to be it, the armor. Okay, great. Yeah, that's pretty. So sweet. that's going to be awesome. Yeah, and it's got a special um, attack. Normally, it would be gauntlets, but I'm using my wrench, I believe. So you probably spend the you know part of the day um, when you guys are resting, uh, tinkering with your armor, uh, and it's been something that you've been probably working on for the last several months uh, in real life, and uh, you just now have uh, managed to kind of have that final eureka, and you're like, oh, and uh, you frantically start uh, pulling your armor apart and reattaching it and en- enchanting certain parts of it, and by the time you guys are done with this rest. Uh, basically, he's got like almost like an Iron Man suit on, you know, he's kind of like a superhero almost in a way like this armor is all magical and and uh, he can do cool things with it now. Like he can shoot like thunder out of his uh, his wrench, which gets channeled oh, through geez. the armor. Nice. Um, yeah, it's pretty amazing. He's a regular Tony Spark. <laughs> he built that armor in a cave. Oh, Full of hey guys, check it out. Like my armor. Oh yes. shit! Beautiful. I just thought of this while we were sleeping. Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Wish I would have thought of it a long time ago. <laughs> you gotta sleep more, man. So, what's your armor class now? Um, what is my armor class now? I think it's still the same. Um, but I can actually, so the deal is, uh, I, I've got, um, I can do 1d8 thunder damage on a hit while wearing this armor. Um, I also have a defensive field. I get a bonus action that I can use on each of my turns to gain temporary hit points equal to my level. But the, the amazing thing is, is that if yeah. he does get better armor, which I'm sure he'll try to get pretty soon, uh, he can then just pretty easily just swap that armor for this armor so he can keep okay. upgrading it. 
And I think you get proficiency with heavy armor now, which you maybe didn't have before, right? Um, that sounds... Yeah, yeah. Yep, yeah. I do have proficiency with heavy armor now. And I also... Um, I have an infusion that gives me a plus one to my AC. Nice. So do I need to do that manually? Because I'm not... Sh I don't think that that's... Yeah. yeah, I don't think that's happening. So There's I'm actually no going to have a... I'm actually going to have a 17 AC. Okay, I can uh, I can change that for you. All right, for me, I gain some spells. I get uh, six spell slots between my second and or my between my first and second level spells. So the first level spells that I'm uh, that I'm uh, preparing are ice knife, which is an awesome. I can throw a uh, shard of ice. And uh, you guys know that already because of the first level. Yeah, I've already used that. Fi Fairy Fryer and Healing Word. And then for second level, I'm going to go with Bark Skin, which gives me an armor. I can cast Bark Skin. It's a concentration. But I can cast Bark Skin, and then I can go into Wild Shape with the Bark Skin. So I'd be like a bear with an AC of 16. And then uh, awesome. I've got Lesser Restoration because uh, uh, Dion and I were talking about it, and... Uh, if we if one of us gets blinded or like poisoned in some way that that we need to uh, cure a condition, we can do that. Uh, moonbeam is uh, a powerful uh, spell because it's about the moon. Yes, Coslo. <laughs> uh, that's a two d ten radiant damage on a failed save or half on a successful save, Constitution save. So like if I can I can put the moonbeam on a spot. And then move it around as my action. Nice. Yeah, it's pretty awesome. That's great. And then, uh, and then, so that those lesser restoration and moonbeam are the two, uh, uh, and bark skin are the three second level spells, and uh, ice knife, fairy fire, and healing word for the three first level spells. Amazing. And and one of the great things about moonbeam is that you can concentrate on it and shift into your form, and then still concentrate on it, and still be able to do that in your uh in your wild shape if you want to yes well as long as i don't have bark skin i can't have two concentrations it's true so. it's true all right uh i have set your um armor class tracking to off aaron so you okay. can manually uh in uh, type in whatever your ac is and it won't fuck with that Groovy i changed rules. it a random guy asked can I ca can you cast arcane spells while wearing heavy armor now? Yeah, that's the the deal with the armor is it becomes the focus for my spells. Yeah, and actually in fifth, and my my wrench in fifth edition there is no arcane spell failure um, from like three point five and Pathfinder and probably previous editions. Uh, so it, it is a lot easier to be a sort of like hybrid uh, caster and. Um, the, the problem is is that getting heavy armor proficiency as an arcane spellcaster is not the easiest thing to do. Uh, the easiest way to do it would be to take one level of fighter or paladin or something like that. Uh, because feats, you only get every four levels. And spending a feat on heavy armor proficiency is kind of not advised. You know, it's kind of like a... First, you'd have to get medium armor proficiency and then... Uh, heavy armor, so it's it's not as easy as it used to be to get the proficiency through feet. But oh, I also have magic missile and shield now. Very nice. Oh, and I also have burning hands because of my race. So I have like three times the the offensive power that I had when I was at second level. <laughs> nice. It's just stupid. So stupid. Just when I think we're going to be really awesome and like go into a place and like really lay the smack down on one of these cultists, then you're wrong. They stab us so hard. <laughs> They're very good at zooming. Just efficient. They're just backstabbers, man. Yeah. Oh, uh, Great Wing Spark says Dion needs some form of night vision. Are there goggles? Or infravision, some something you can buy. <laughs> I have dark vision as a potential spell at second level uh, that I could. Cast. I have a candle. I should just light the candle that I have. 
I'm dumb. What do you mean? I could opt to, dr- but I would have to drop uh, one of my second level spells to get dark vision. But if I did that, I could cast dark vision on you for, and it would last for eight hours. It's not a, but I'm also wondering, like we're getting close to the end of this dungeon. I thought about keeping um, per- uh, pass without trace for stealth checks. But are we really going to end up in a position where we have to stealth our way further into this thing? Well, there's a big boss. Yeah, but aren't we just going to no. bust in there like we usually do and like, yeah, we're here. And get, and get nearly annihilated and have it come down to one die roll? Yeah, that sounds like a good yeah. idea. <laughs> every, every session, someone else has to save the whole party. It's beautiful. It worked. Should I choose something different then? Uh... I can't. I don't feel qualified to answer your question. <laughs> well, you're all full of criticism. Yeah, that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> What's cool about the uh, burning hands is that that's like its own spell. So I, I think that's what I was thinking of. I get to cast that as a separate thing mm-hmm. um, because I'm a fire uh, genasi. I think I'm all set for the record. Risky business wants to know what new stuff did Brad's bugbear get. I was waiting for someone to ask. <laughs> First of all, uh, I get to choose my ranger archetype, uh, which is very cool. And uh, I will now be studying to be a horizon walker. Basically, I, have a, I am a specialized in, in other planar travel. Uh, so I will slowly get mastery over different types of terrains. I also uh, can detect portals to other planes uh, if they're in a certain radius to us. I uh, get extra spells because of that, because of the uh, archetype that I have. Yeah, that's right. You get a bunch of extra spells that are that are just uh, added to your spell list, some of which aren't right. normally ranger spells, which is pretty sweet. I don't remember which is from which, but I, I now know detect magic. I now know speak with animals. And I now know protection from evil and good. That all sounds really unhelpful. <laughs> oh, it sounds really helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You- I mean, if he casts protection from good, then we won't be able to heal him, right? Because we're good. <laughs> <laughs> Thankfully, that's not how that works. Okay. <laughs> Uh, I don't know. None of those spells that you mentioned seem like they would kill a, a bloodbath woman. So protection from good and evil uh, is concentration up to 10 minutes. It protects you from aberrations, celestials, elementals, fae, fiends, and undead. Which, I mean, I don't know if you chose this because of the future implications, but uh, in this adventure path, you're supposed to fight a lot of fiends. So there you go. That may be why. Uh, it gives disadvantage <laughs> on attack rolls. Uh, to those uh, things. So if a fiend tried to attack you and you had this on you, they would have to roll two dice, pick the lowest for all their attacks. Um, so it doesn't help us all, huh? Wrench boy. Also, if you're under the protection of this spell, you can't be charmed, frightened, or possessed by those creatures. So uh, potentially could be really good. Yeah, And as I said, third level, I, uh, I get to detect planar portals within a mile. Uh, finally, I'm a planar warrior. Uh, I draw on the energy of the multiverse to augment my attacks. As a bonus action, I can choose a creature I see within 30 feet. Next time I hit that creature in this turn with a weapon attack, all damage dealt by the attack becomes force damage. They take an extra 1d8 force damage. Ooh. That sounds promising. Wow. That's pretty great. Uh, The other other thing I have is uh, I now have primeval awareness. Mm-hmm. I can, instead of uh, using a spell slot for this spell, I can actually uh, use it to focus my awareness on a region. And uh, for uh, one minute per level of the spell, I can sense if certain types of creatures are, are present within one mile. Handy. Very handy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sounds like Brad got a lot of a lot of like little things that add up to uh, a really awesome character improvement whereas like aaron's just like whoa my armor is everything (laughs) um all right well everyone done with your characters i'm just gonna double check i was sleeping when i realized i had to go to a new level yeah and what i i went to college 
inside of my subconscious, which is something I never told you I could do, but I could. <laughs> and inside of my subconscious, I had a lot of options for colleges, and there was only one that spoke to my soul. I went to the College of Creation, and when I came out of this dream sleep college class course, what I realized <laughs> was that my bardic inspirations were lacking. And I went and I went and I threw I threw away the old playbook. The old playbook is gone. Sports don't exist anymore. And what I did was I came up with three options. Number one, I have a note of destruction. Once I give you a bardic inspiration and you add this to your attack roll, the creature can expend a burst. And each of any creature within five feet must succeed on a constitution saving throw uh, against the spell, or they take thunder damage equal to the number rolled on the bardic inspiration. That was the first one. Then I went to note of protection because I got to help the homies to save the homies. And... <laughs> Immediately after this, uh, when the creature uses this bardic inspiration die, and it adds to a saving throw, you can take the expended note to gain temporary hit points equal to the number rolled on the inspiration die, plus my charisma modifier. And then last but not least, I went for the geniuses. It's called Note of Ingenuity. When the creature rolls the bardic inspiration die to add it to an ability check, the creature can expend the note to roll the die again and choose which rule to use. That's what college does for you guys. Stay in school. All right. Uh, that, was, that was my level three upgrade. We can continue. Very yeah. nice. Fuck yeah, guys. I think we're ready to continue. Let me just, yeah. Bardic Inspiration. Did the tiefling lady like my flute song? Oh, oh, right. For, almost forgot about her. Well, what did you guys do regarding her? Did you heal her or anything like that? Because I probably I wouldn't have wanted to use a spell to heal her. Yeah, yeah, that makes sense. Um, but uh, a medicine check? Can I help her with that? Well, she seems stable. Um, and if you guys wait the the full duration, basically allow her to get a long rest, I think she will heal herself one hit point, provided you guys make her at least comfortable. Um, yeah. Use one okay. of your bed rolls to help her or something like that. Yes. So at some point during the long rest, um, she wakes up and uh, she kind of like looks around. Uh, she's in a tremendous amount of pain still. Um, but uh, when she sees you guys, uh, she kind of gasps and it, and and, and uh, tries to sit up as best she can. Oh, no, no, no. You must. Uh, please. We are here to help. Uh, you were captured by these evil cultists. Do not sit up. You will fall, you will be hurt. <sighs> oh my God! Who are who are you? We are. What is our name? We are the Golden Phoenix Brigade, and we are here to save the day. Don't know what the day is yet. Tell you later. <laughs> the Golden Phoenix Brigade. I, I've never heard of you, but, yeah, but thank you. We are legends. Wow. Love Jack. Magnificent. Coslo, the big dicks, and last but not least, my man Dabada, they enjoy a bibble. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm very sorry. Uh, she, she seems, she like kind of laughs uh, at what you're saying, but not like, you know, mockingly, just like she thinks that you're <laughs> just being funny. Uh, and she says, well, um, I'm Vendetta Cress. Uh, nice to meet you. And thanks for taking me off that torture rack. Did did you did did you come here to rescue me? Uh, I wouldn't say we came here for you, but you're more like a happy accident, you know. It's like going to the state fair and you see Ario Speedwagon is playing. <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know what that means, but you, you weren't sent by Othun, the the Othun family. Uh, were you sent by some other family? There's been other people that they've taken uh, prisoner here. Uh, are you uh, mercenaries? No, not really. We are kind of like... Uh, we're like... Uh, we're on a mission. Yeah. Um, we're kind of what you call... Uh, temporary heroes for hire. Okay. All right, well, I, I suppose it doesn't matter who hired you, just as long as you're here to rescue me. Oh, thank goodness. I, uh, I thought for sure I was going to die. Uh, well, my name is Vendetta Cress. I, I work for the Othun family. Uh, I, I just, I, I handle the distribution of wine and spirits. I, I'm just, I'm a nobody, really. I, I think these, these 
people, these cultists captured me because they wanted information on the other uh, powerful families in the city. I, there's another um, man. I, I, I think he's dead. He was hanging up on the wall next to me. They were questioning Whoa. him at length about the Jasso family. Uh, yeah, he's dead. <laughs> they uh, they treated him even worse than me. Anyways, let's go. I, I, I'm feeling like I, I'm at least well enough to stand and walk. Oh, you can't come with us. The last guy who came with us, he ended up dead in a bucket in a helmet. We had to carry him out in a helmet. <laughs> oh. He, he, he melted. He melted. Okay. They turned my boy to soup. Well, do you have any food or water? I'm very hungry and thirsty. Oh, yes. I give her some, some of my water. She I got, drinks uh, it. She can have one of my two rations. Okay. She gobbles your food hungrily, and she asks, well, like, once she's finished, well, wh what should I do? Should I just hide? The last guy, he went with us, and he died. So you probably want to stay in here and hide, I guess. Uh, I can give you a a sword to I'd, use. To sure, I'll, I'll take anything. Uh, uh, give, her, give her my long sword. Okay. Um, yeah, she... Uh, she kind of swings it around awkwardly a little bit. Oh, um, boy. Give me that back. That's uh, not going to help you. You're not good at it. Uh, oh, <laughs> okay. <laughs> she hands it back to you. Well, I can tell you um, I, I don't really know much because I was I was abducted out in the streets of the city and uh, they, they must have knocked me out or something because I, I had no memory of, of where I am. I just awoke and I was already chained to the wall. So I don't really know a whole lot, but I do know that uh, I, I, I would hear some things uh, when they would leave the room. Um, I would hear, it sounded like some sort of heavy stone door scraping open and then closing from time to time. Uh, and then there was like some splashing footsteps. Uh, and then they would come out of that door uh, that was, well, to my right uh, when I was hanging on the, uh, on the wall. Uh, so I don't know if that's helpful to you, but that's, that's all that I know, unfortunately. Isn't she talking about the secret door, basically? Or the one the, we didn't go in. She was, down, she was down the hall to the right in that little square room, right? So, like, yeah. so like to the right up, up and up would be kind of where that secret door goes. She heard splashing footsteps, so maybe there's uh, water in that corridor, the secret door area. Oh, so it was, like, blood or something. Do you know what's in the room next to us? We've heard moaning. I, uh, no, I, I don't know. Um, I was only ever just chained to that wall. I had no idea there. I have no idea where I am right now, honestly. <laughs> like, Did you see other people being hauled in, other prisoners? Uh, the only other prisoner I saw was uh, FNX, the, the man that was hanging up next to me. Cool. Yeah. He has completed the circle of life journey. That sucks for him. <laughs> Guess I got lucky. So far, you did. So far. Yeah, you because haven't made it out of here yet. I wouldn't start saying how lucky you are. Well, every day is a blessing from Asmodeus. Is it? I can't hear Dion. Oh, shit. Dion's been talking this whole time? I don't know. <laughs> I just recently realized like he was talking. I can't hear him. Yeah, no, we can't hear you, man. You gotta, you gotta, jeez. The technical problems today. My God. Hello! Hey! Hey, there it is. Mother! Oh, it's cut out again. It's cutting out. I heard mother, and then that was it. <laughs> uh, better? Now I hear ya. He's calling for his mother. Mama! Um, there you go. You're back. I was gonna say, I want you to be soup, and I'm, I can't take another loss like that. Um, we need to finish our mission. Could you just, like, lay low? Sure. That's fine. Okay. Don't die. Just don't do that okay i won't okay. i'll try not to <laughs> are you valuable enough that if we got you home there may be some kind of reward <laughs> not that it would change our minds about helping you just uh, uh, you know um, well i, I can do it for quick. i work for a fairly influential family it's possible but that i mean i don't know i'm just an employee there you know yeah Aren't we all, pal? <laughs> isn't isn't rescuing me its own reward, though? Right? Yeah, of course it is for the 
<laughs> the gorgeous Phoenix Brigade. But um, I just wanted to know. Anyways, don't die. We'll be back. All right. Uh, so she kind of hunkers down, uh, hiding behind the overturned sarcophagus in the room. And you guys can feel free to explore the rest of the dungeon. Now that we got rid of her ass. Hey, <laughs> got healing potions left. No one? Nope. I got healing word, and I can use that technically like at least four times now. So let's just hopefully, hopefully don't need it. Oh, you just need a good offense. Cool. Yes. And I've got healing word too. Sweet. Excellent. There's no way we'll die this time. (laughs) No. Well, we don't die. Just close. Just a little. (laughs) Are we supposed to gain extra skill points? Uh, no, no, your, uh, your skills will only increase in value when you get to certain levels and your proficiency bonus goes up. All right. So this right here was where your wand was pointing. Mm-hmm. That's where the lever is. Uh, the lever that could be a trap, but it's probably just, well, it could be a trap and a secret door. Who among us can, can disarm a trap? Anyone? Race? Uh... Anyone have thieves Little tools? Probably I mean, I I have thieves tools. Okay, if you have thieves tools, you can potentially, you know, unlock things and disarm traps. If you don't have thieves tools, then you can't, unless it's a unique, you know. Situation. I mean, I could give them to. I can give them to someone, right? Yeah, I mean, whoever uses them, if they're not proficient with thieves tools, would have disadvantage. So you want to give them to whoever's got the highest dexterity, presumably, right? Because it's sleight of hand. Um, I guess. Yeah. So if somebody has sleight of hand as a proficiency, they're more likely to get it. Right. Right. Who's got the most dexterity? Uh, I believe I do. I'm just... Uh... I have sleight of hand as... as a My sleight of hand is proficient at five. What do, you, what do you got, Jig? Four. All right. I'll give Race. I'll loan him my thieves' tools. Oni Crow says, just pull the lever. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Always a good idea. Uh, I have succeeded at making them insanely paranoid, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I guess if this is something that they use on a regular basis. All right, so what you're going to need to do is you're going to need to first make an investigation check to figure out, because uh, you've already passed your perception check, and you've no- noticed the lever. You didn't notice any other like hidden like pressure plates or wires or anything like that. So what you're going to do now is you're going to make an investigation check, and that'll determine whether you can figure out how this lever will function uh, and whether that will trigger a trap or, or whatever. So... Go and roll those investigations. Oh, wow, Glubjig. Really putting the work in to this investigation. The <laughs> 17 and a 19 on the die. Um, oh, hot damn. So some of you guys are, uh, are, are, are doing a pretty good job here of inspecting this lever in the uh, surrounding wall. And you guys kind of come to the conclusion that this lever uh, seems like it will reveal like some sort of hidden door. Uh, doesn't seem like it's trapped, though. Well, that's good enough for me. Let's go. Okay. Let's hit it. All right. Who's going to pull the lever? I'll pull it. All right. Costler reaches over, pulls the lever, and a stone section of the wall grinds open, revealing a wet room. Wet. It's moister than an oyster in here. (laughs) (laughs) Not only do you see uh, this new room... But once the door is uh, fully open and has stopped making the grinding of stone on stone sounds, uh, you guys hear something. You guys hear the echoes of some sort of battle that seems to be unfolding off in the distance. Oh, Um, this might be our chance. Sounds like a skirmish, possibly between one, uh, two or three people. Not really sure. Okay. Okay. Can I stealth up and kind of creep mode it? Sure. With your torch? Yeah, you, you are oh, we're, uh, wielding hey. a torch. Because otherwise you'd be blind. Uh, yeah, never mind. I forget I can't see shit. But if someone else who does have dark vision... I'll try. All right, where's he going? I'll stealth into it. 
Okay. Roll a stealth check. I see there's a door about midway up on the right. So we're gonna we're gonna let him stealth in there and check stuff out. Yeah, is yeah. he scouting ahead? In other words, mm-hmm. sounds good I'll to me. Follow, I'll follow behind him. Okay. What you guys shut up. I will not because I'm not gonna. I'll probably fail. All right. I'll, I'll wait. Stealth I'll stealth it along with him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yep. That's why I didn't go. <laughs> Coslo, you did not roll very well, so you kind of splish splashing uh, along the water, and you realize, oh, this must be. She was referring to this secret door. There's definitely water on the other side. She was totally not lying to us. Um, so go ahead and move you guys up as you sneak across this room. Go ahead, glove jig. Is this where this room is where we heard the sounds, or that other one? Oh no, it sounds like it's going off. Uh, it's echoing through this whole chamber, so it's definitely not coming from behind that closed door. They don't see anything though. Got it. They don't see anything currently now. I motion back to the to the Bobby like I don't I don't know what's happening. Well, if it's further up, if it's because so we can see up until there. Does that continue around? It does look like it curves off to the to well, the left. All right. Well, I'll since he's making noise and and splashing, I guess I'll just go ahead and follow since we're obviously yeah, not being stealthy. Well. <laughs> okay. Oh, you okay, Dion? Oh, yeah, I was fine. The mic almost slid off the desk. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to motion to Moon Boy that I'm going to open this door. Moon Boy. Okay. (laughs) All right. So you open the door, Glubjeg. You are now looking into another um, room. Also full of water. Yeah, this room is flooded, just like the room that you were standing in before. Um, it looks like there was a staircase leading up to the surface that has been collapsed um, over in sort of the northeast corner. Uh, and there's, it doesn't look like there's anything else in here. Just murky water in a collapsed staircase. We don't know where the noise is coming from. No, it's definitely not coming from the room that he is uh, potentially going into. All right. Glubjug walks in. At the same time, Race, you uh, walk up to the um, edge uh, and kind of, are you trying to poke yeah. your head around the corner and see what's going on down there? I was mostly doing it just to like hear if it was coming, if it was loud going, if it was louder coming from that direction. So it is. if that's the way we know that. Okay, cool. Okay. So are you looking down there or are you not? Um, can I look without the torch light being super visible? Or no, kind of the torchlight's definitely visible. Like even just moving to where you are. Might as well peek. Okay. Ugh. So you see the cause of all of that noise. What is it? I can't see. Tell us, race. Give me a second here. I'll describe it to you. It's uh-huh. unfolding before my eyes. <laughs> I can't believe that, like, we had this all set up so that you guys would just reveal the map as you went through. Remember, Jason, last time we, like, tested this? And now it's just not fucking working for some reason, so I have to reveal everything (laughs) square by square. So, dumb as fuck. But anyways... um, How can you see around that corner? (laughs) Pokes his head around the corner. This is what you see. Beyond the hall, a flooded chamber opens up with a rough-hewn with rough-hewn steps climbing to the south, north, and northeast. The floor, the floor buckles up above the waterline in the middle of the room, forming a small island. Corpses and doused torches float in the water around the island, atop which two men circle each other with weapons bared. One of the men, a tall, unarmored brute with a great club and a scarred face, towers above his opponent, but is gravely wounded. The smaller figure is muscular and bare-chested. He clutches a bloody dagger in one hand and a torch in the other, and has no flesh covering his skull. Hmm. Hmm. Um, well, as you uh, kind of like turn your head uh, around, and clearly these guys can see the torch light that's coming off of you. There is a pause, a momentary pause in the fight as they kind of like they clash and then they like hop back. And the dude with no face covering his skull 
uh, kind of looks in your direction uh, and and uh, takes his torch and really quickly throws it in the face of the uh, the tall, muscular, like scarred guy with his great club. And the torch kind of hits him in the face a little bit, and he and he winces. And right when that happens, the the guy with the skull for a face uh, dashes and runs up this way, disappearing into a different room. Well done. Which way? Uh, to the north. Okay. And that is all shit that only race saw. So uh, I wave everybody frantically. As that is happening, it uh, looks like Glovejug, you walked into this room, and yes. race is is trying to get your attention. Uh, and maybe you turn around for a second, but as you do, skeletons rise out of the water around you. So everyone roll initiative. I knew our group was just so. I think we definitely went about this like the smart way so far. Yeah, we put the party going far enough ahead that we encountered two encounters. Yeah, no, there was no better way to do this. This was good. Right. Well, maybe the big brutish guy is a good guy, and he'll be like. Oh, thanks for scaring off that other guy without a face. Let me take care of these skeletons. <laughs> or vice versa. Could be. Oh, yeah, you know. We're crushing it. I don't care what anyone says out there. Okay, so uh, Skeleton's got a nine. That's not too good. Looks like Race got a 12. Oh, my God, to Bobby. Rocking it with a 20. Yeah. Jeez. That's a real-life dice roll. <laughs> Um, uh, but Jason, have you rolled your initiative yet? Yeah, I did. I rolled. Uh, it's on the base end of my other thing there. Oh, I see it. I see it. I see it. Okay. Costa with a 10. Race. Okay. Looks like everything is correct. So, to Bobby, that means you're at the top. All right. Well, it seems like we have to dispatch. I mean, I see the skeleton right in the room over there. Uh, yeah, actually, you do. You see it rise up right behind Glovejag. All right. It seems like it's time for me to save my friend. I charge him with my wrench raised. Okay. Raise the wrench. Where do I have to go to strike the skeleton? Well, you have to be within five feet of it, and you cannot be in uh, his space. You can move through his space, but you can't end your turn or end uh, your movement in his space. So could I go here? You could. Yep. Okay. That's what I do, and then I smack him down with my new thunder gauntlet. Groovy. Thunder wrench and thunder gauntlets. Thunder wrench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> now the question is, how do I roll that thunder wrench? There it is. <laughs> thunder. Um. Oh boy. All right. Well, sadly, Aaron, you rolled a six on the d twenty, giving you a grand total of eleven. Um. Extremely sad. Yeah. Not enough to hit it. It uh, bounces off what little armor the skeleton has left. Uh, anything else with your turn? No. But uh, I do have a question on how... Okay, first of all, the d- d- defensive field, right? Sure, yep. Again, a bonus action that I can use on each of my turns to gain temporary hit points equal to my level. So that means, do I have to do that every turn, or say I'm doing it every turn, or do I wait until I see if I'm being attacked? No, you have to, you have to say in, that you're using it every turn. Yeah. We could, if you want, default so that you are using it every turn. You could just say, every turn for a bonus action, I'm going to use it. Um, and then yeah. it would be up to you to say, like, okay, in this turn, I'm not going to use that for my bonus action. Instead, I'm going to do this other thing for my bonus action. Exactly. But yeah, just remember, you only get one bonus action a turn. So that's the limitation. Right. Yeah. And then the only other thing I would do with the bonus action is probably cast shield. But I don't think I'm going to do that in this situation. Shield's so. a reaction. So oh okay good you, you so can I can do, do that, that. separately mm-hmm. okay okay so uh, yeah your armor um, kind of hums with magical energy uh, as invisible barriers of uh, force just kind of spring into cover the gaps uh, protecting you hopefully uh, from some of the damage coming in uh, Glubjag your turn De Bobby just charged right past you and alerted you to the presence of these skeletons <laughs> thank you. Uh... I, I will cast uh, Hunter's Mark uh, on the guy at the bottom sure. as my bonus action. And I'm trying to find the spell here. What spell? What are you talking about using? You muted yourself, I think, or something. We can't hear you anymore. Brad? 
Can't hear you, Brad. God damn it! <laughs> why? Why, God, why? Well, you know, this could have happened in real life, too, if, like, Brad Dude. went unconscious. During <laughs> yeah. Uh, Thunder stuff. Can't hear you, Brad. It's your phone, man. Your phone is what you're using. He's using his his phone for his microphone and his computer for his camera. And so it's your phone that's the problem. So uh, do I see, like, a lot of skeletons then, like all of them that are in this room? Um, yeah. Uh, it looks like there's four skeletons in here. Uh, they were in the murky water and just kind of, like, raised up. You don't see any cool. in indication that there are any other things hidden. Okay. Hey, can I still see <laughs> the big guy? Or because the guy threw the torch, it's kind of dark. Oh, no, the torch is still there. It kind of hit him in the face and then fell to the ground uh, on the island okay. he's on. So, yeah, you can definitely still see him lit up there. And in the amount of time that this has happened in, he's still just kind of recovering from that hit to the face of the torch. Okay. Cool. That's good to know. I do not envy you for having to edit this, Jason. Oh, it'll be fine. <laughs> I, I uh, edit my own mistakes all the time, so yeah, I'm used to it. Plus, it's a great opportunity for him to take a little break from the kids and the family. Yep. Take a little break from the children and mess with a bunch of audio. <laughs> so my bonus, my bonus action is Hunter's Mark. Uh, my action is protection from good and evil. Ah, I kind of thought you were going to say that. Unfortunately, the rules state that if you cast a spell as a bonus action, you can only cast cantrips for the rest of your turn. I don't have any cantrips. Yeah, so you're just going to have to make a regular attack or something. Sounds good. Speaking of that, Glubjag, I thought you were about to make an attack, right? Uh, that's possible. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Glubjag, these skeletons, they're, they're everywhere. Do something. What are you waiting I, for? I can't see anything. How many skeletons? There's four. Oh, fuck. Okay, that's some forced role playing right there. <laughs> I wasn't. I wasn't even thinking about that. No, because where I'm at, I can't see them, and I, based on the squares that I can see, I couldn't see any skeletons in them. Okay, that's so true. I was like, there's only three squares, and you two are occupying two squares. Like, how many skeletons are there? Yeah. That's uh, that's funny because you you actually could look at the stream if you have the stream up, and I um, you know what I popped over there real quick just to look at the comments and I noticed that there was more of the map showing and I didn't want to cheat. Mm -hmm. It would it would be cheating. That's true. Yeah, so I didn't want to cheat, so I didn't do it. Ah oh, man, you know uh, what? That's good. That uh, doesn't count as good role playing, but I want to give no. you a a good shot for that for not wanting to cheat. I'm not trying to game anything. No. I'm not trying to. I'm not trying to get a shot, not trying to avoid a shot. All right. All right. Well, okay. Christopher Walken, tell us uh, about how you knew there were four skeletons in there. Look, guys, <laughs> skeletons, they're everywhere. You, everybody's got one. It's inside under your skin. <laughs> bone flesh. And then underneath it all is bones. Every human body's got 413 bones. <laughs> From a tiny, like the bones inside your face, in your ear bones, in your fingertips, other bones, great big bones, leg bones, your pelvis. It's called, look, guys, there's skeletons in there. I don't know how many. It's not my place to judge. Fucking tell me how many corpses we're dealing with. Nice. Bravo. Drink a booze. All right. Well, as, as Coslo is doing his best walking impersonation, Glovejack, you're gonna make that attack. Yeah, I'm. I'm pulling out my long sword. All right. It took him know, 20 but... minutes, but he figured it out. <laughs> Come on! I lost my my ability to speak and hear for a while. Do you, Do you want me to do it uh, for you? Here we go. Why didn't it work? I don't know. Your longsword on your level 3 character sheet's all fucked up. It's got a plus 10 to hit and 1d8 plus 8 damage. That seems a little... Yeah. Seems a little sure high. Not. So I'm gonna... 
It, it shouldn't be that high. I don't know why. You're going you're gonna to nerf it? Yeah, I'm nerfing it. Unless you have some ability that gives you plus five to hit that I don't know of. Well, isn't it plus strength plus proficiency? Yeah, so it should be a total of plus five, but it was a plus ten. Anyways. Yeah, yeah that's what it should be. Okay, so here it is. I rolled it for you. You got a 15 to hit, and you dealed tw or dealt 12 damage, and that's not including your hunter's mark, or is it? I don't believe it is, because I didn't cast that. Oh, that is I'm that is with your strength being added on an additional plus five, so get rid of that. <laughs> okay, so you I thought you did cast hunter's mark. You cast hunter's mark as your bonus action, right? And yeah, but I didn't click it. Okay, gotcha. Should, should I click it? Uh, don't even worry about it. Uh, just mark off that you used one of your spell slots. That doesn't count as a spell slot. Oh. It's a, it's a special ranger ability. The, uh, hunters, You can just hunter's mark f uh, infinitely? Yes. I, I, I think that... Oh, okay. Well, whatever. You do an extra four damage, so you actually deal 11 damage to it. Now, um, is this bludgeoning or... Piercing, it's slashing. This is it's slashing. Okay. I know it's probably not going to work on those damn bones. Let's see. Uh, it is luckily not immune to slashing. Um, mm. So you hit it really, really, really good. It is barely standing for 11 Excellent. points of damage. Nice. Excellent. Dan, I think, you, I think you're muted again. Ah. <laughs> Oh man. Okay, so that was your bonus action and your standard action. Do you want to move? Uh, Probably not, right? Race, it's your turn. Um, I'm going to cast sleep on the big dude who's still kind of fumbling around. It's got a, a 90 feet foot range and a 20 foot radius, or whatever. Okay. Uh, let's see. Uh, roll five d8s once again. Kiss my black ass! <laughs> <laughs> oh no! Oh. oh. Ah, that was a very, very little roll. Okay, so the magic dust appears, and uh, this this giant dude with a with a great club uh, just kind of like sneezes, and you see your magic sleep dust kind of disperse into the air, and he looks over in your direction, and he says, "What the bloody fuck?" At that point, I say cheese it and moonwalk behind the wall. <laughs> <laughs> splish, splosh, splish, splosh. You move back. Coslo, your turn. Okay. Uh, shit, you guys got us in all kinds of pickles. Um. Well, let's see. I hear the sounds of fighting some uh, unknown number of skeletons. Race just cast sleep on something. I don't know what. <laughs> I hear some big voice yell, what the bloody fuck? <laughs> um, oh, let's see. Uh, I'll go back and check on the tiefling. I'll be yeah, that's what I was going to say. Just run. Uh, I'm going to go, let's see, 5, 10, 15, 25. I'll go right there. I'm taking my second can't. shot, by the way. The one that Dion was supposed to have. Okay. I'll be right here, I guess. Uh, actually, I'll go right here. And uh, I'm going to shillelagh the shit out of this skeleton. Okay, well, you provoke two attacks of opportunity. Was, oh, because I left the thing. Okay. I couldn't see him till I was already here. It's true. It's true. So, got me a little break. Jeez. I can see in Glubjeg Square. <laughs> Coslo climbs out of his clown car and starts <laughs> doing a goofy oh, dance. What am I supposed to do? I can't. If I go in the room all the way out of Subject Square, here I got I got no clean shot at this corner one here. No, would you? Where would you go instead? Well, I would go where I wouldn't get a fucking attack of opportunity. <laughs> I, I'd go somewhere where I could get a clean shot on one of them. Okay, well, you you can attack uh, that one around the corner. Okay, I'll do that. Okay. Do it. Thank you. <gasps> there you go. Goodbye, skeleton. Oh, my 
God. All right. Well, well it, was a, it was a waste, but good job. It is a little bit of a waste. It's I don't care. Vulnerable to bludgeoning, and it had two hit points left, but it gets completely <laughs> annihilated by your shillelagh. That's what you do when you're me. <laughs> All right. I say that when I do it. That's what you do when you're me, Smash. All right. Yeah. Okay. Skeleton time. Um, let's go from top to bottom. So this one uh, rushes down here. And skeletons, the thing you got to know about skeletons is they absolutely hate the living. And they are intelligent. They're not like fucking brainiacs out here, but they're way more intelligent than zombies. So skeletons are one of the scariest kinds of monsters, in my opinion. Because at least the way that it seems like they should be run, according to the monster manual, is they will kill a motherfucker as opposed to, you know, spreading the damage out or whatever. So if you go unconscious and there's skeletons around you, you you should be worried because they will snuff you out. They hate life that much. I'm um, dead. Exactly. So this skeleton um, just rushes forward and it can reach uh, Glubjeg. So it will try to stab Glubjeg. With its short sword, it got a 14. Not a hit. Oh, not, up. not a hit. Do we get to see your rolls, buddy? Oh. Uh, eh, Never know. whisper. I I seriously have to change that for every single NPC? That is so lame. <laughs> there might be a better way, but that's what I found. Yeah, no, that's uh, that's the I only think, way I've found. I think in the main settings of the of the game... You can go in and change it, but you'd have to back out of the game, so let's not do that. Yeah, okay. Um, I think you guys are just going to take my my word for it. I don't yeah, feel like doing that. Um, so 14 will be a miss. Uh, the second one rushes forward, and it tries to stab you with its short sword, and it Me gets again. a six, so that is a miss. <laughs> Go back to uh, town. I brush him off. The final one has two options here. Uh, I'm going to roll a die to see which one it'll attack. Odds, odds will be Glovejack. Mm. All right. Odds. I'm big. Yeah. You're big and hairy and other adjectives. <laughs> he, would, he would create a larger skeleton if they managed to kill him. All right, so this one actually rolled a 20, not a natural, but it got a 20 total. Does that hit? That hits. Okay, for seven that piercing. <sighs> That's good. You know, they're putting up a, you know, they're making a respectable fight. That's, yeah. 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 That's cool. just rolling over. <laughs> Before I kill all three of them instantly. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's your turn now. Race? Where's race? Time. <laughs> Time he was to trying to put the guy. There was a big voice guy who maybe he tried to put asleep. <laughs> okay. Time to burn these motherfuckers to the ground. Um, I assume that I could cast Burning Hands with a cone and not hit uh, Glubjeg. Uh, yeah, yeah. You can cast it as a cone and hit uh, actually all three of the skeletons without hitting Glubjeg. Yeah. Too bad they're so dumb, or maybe they wouldn't have lined up in a fucking cone for me to kill them all. <laughs> <laughs> so they all got to make saves otherwise they're taking 3d8 uh 3d6 3d6 fire damage or half on a on a failed save so i'll roll 3d6 i guess okay go for it all right first one got a four second one got a 14 third one got a 18 all right so the first one's taking full damage the other two are taking half nice Whew. There it is. Work wow. killer. All right. Jesus. Yeah, that was really good. Um, that's once per day that you can do that, right? That's right. Uh, and it ignites any flammable objects in the area that aren't being worn or carried, but I don't think there is anything in this room. It's just water, right? Yeah, it's just all wet. Um, but that blast deals so much damage to the first skeleton that it almost collapses completely. Uh, the other two seem to be about halfway dead. Uh, but that was very effective. Nice work. Yeah. And that is episode 12 of Rated RPG Baldur's Gate Descent into Avernus. Episode 13 comes out on Monday, May 25th. And then 
On Saturday, May 30th, we're back at the gaming table, remotely again for our next live stream. You can check that out live on Twitch, Saturday, May 30th, noon central time. The web address is twitch.com slash Game Society Pimps. And uh, thank you to all of our Patreon supporters, some of our longest serving Patreon supporters like Jerry Vite and H.D. Burke, Random Guy, Joseph Doherty, and Chris Fail, and some of our newest Patreon supporters, Ashley Betson and Dylan Plung. If I didn't mention your name and you support us on Patreon, thank you nonetheless. You guys are all awesome and uh, we're investing more into the show and into the technology to help make things work a little bit better. Hey, if you want to support the show too, patreon.com slash rated RPG is where you can do it. Special thanks to Courtney Collins and Brandon Jensen for their vocal and musical contributions, which will be added back into the show at some point. Uh, rated RPG was created by Aaron Yonda and Matt Sloan of Blame Society Films. You can check out their YouTube channel. Lots of cool stuff there, including the original Rated RPG YouTube series and Beer and Board Games, which uh, is currently filming remotely. And uh, there are a lot of really great guests uh, on the show lately in its 10th year, and that's really amazing. So check it out if you haven't. On behalf of everyone at the gaming table, thank you for listening to the Rated RPG Podcast. Oni Crow says, just pull the lever. <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> Always a good idea. Uh, I have succeeded at making them insanely paranoid, guys. <laughs> yep. <laughs> <laughs>